Well, good morning. Not bad, not bad. Uh, let's stand up and uh, don your mask, if you will, if you have one, and just go ahead and bump someone's elbow and say, it's nice to see you here this morning. I know. Well, if you can make your way back to your seats, we're going to go ahead and get started. Real quickly, I wanted to say thank you to all of those that donated uh, food and uh, money to the Ritztown Seniors uh, Student of the Month breakfast that we did last, uh, we did it on Friday. Just want to say it was a wonderful event. We were able to serve about uh, 75 people in total. Uh, that included a lot of the seniors and their parents and uh, just had a wonderful time doing that and serving the schools. And so uh, thank you for participating in that. If you helped set up or helped donate money uh, or donated uh, food to that, that was a wonderful outreach. Second of all, uh, I don't... That's awesome. Yeah, that's great. Making a difference in the community, that's what, uh, that's, it's just a great opportunity to do that. So thank you for saying that, Amy, and letting us know. Um, Corey, I don't know, are you still in the back there somewhere, Corey? Okay. You know, it's really bad news when the worship leader gets up and he says, I'm going to sing some old songs, and you remember when you first started singing those songs. So that must make me really old then, because <laughs> if Corey says those are old songs, and I remember when they first came out, oh my goodness, okay. All right, if you have your Bibles, turn with me to the book of James. We're going to be continuing on our uh, series of sermons we've been doing called The Faith Effect, and uh, this series of sermons has been all about James and the story that James, the, the, the letter that James writes to us, and he gives us some amazing advice. And it's been a difficult journey to some of this, to hear some of the things that James speaks to us, has been sometimes very difficult to grasp a hold of and hear because James holds nothing back. And James chapter 4 is no different. Uh, James is light on making you feel good and heavy on just telling you how, it, how he wants to lay it out there. And so he does that in actually this chapter. He lays it all out on the line. He holds nothing back and he says to us that we... And, and gives us some advice to learn from. And so if you have your Bibles, again, we're going to turn to James chapter 4. We're going to be starting in verse 1. So let's read together. What causes quarrels and what causes fights among you? Is it not this, that your passions are at war within you? You desire and do not have, so you murder. You covet and cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. Do not have because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions. You adulterous people, 
Do you not know that friendship with the world is enemy with God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Or do you suppose it is to no purpose that the scripture says he yearns jealously over the spirit that has, he has made to dwell in us? But he gives us more grace. Therefore, it says, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this day. We glorify you, we honor you, and we praise you for this day. We ask you that you just help us to grasp a hold of what the meaning of what James is trying to speak to us through these messages today, Father. These verses that we read. We ask you, Lord, that you would just remove any hindrances and stumbling blocks blocks from our ears, from our senses, from all of the things that keep us from understanding what you would have to say to us through these verses today. Lord, I pray that my words would not be my own, but they'd truly be your words, Father, and that you would help us today, all of us collectively, to understand how we can move forward and how we can live in a relationship with you in the way that you want us to live. We give you the glory, Father. We give you the honor and the praise because you deserve that and so much more. And we ask you all of these things in Jesus' most precious and holy name. Amen and amen. You know, I, I, I first want to say that I'm successful already, Pastor Chess, because I said a prayer and I did not say something. My wife and I uh, were laughing really loudly this week. Uh, someone sent us a video of a pastor who stood up and he went to start praying and he said, he, he wanted to say, Dear Heavenly Fa- Father, but what he said was, Dear Heavenly Farts. And, uh, <laughs> and so I watched this video this week, and I was laughing so much, my wife goes, you need to stop watching this, because you're going to get up and you're going to repeat that. So I'm already successful today, because I didn't do that. But James starts off in James chapter 1, uh, James chapter 4, verse 1, and he gives us some very difficult things to talk about here. He begins to say, what causes quarrels and what causes fights among you? Is it not this, that your passions are at war within you? We have to have an understanding of what James is saying here. We have to clearly grasp what James is talking about at this moment in time. What James is saying is that inside of us, there is a battle going on. See, inside of us, especially us who have walked in the grace and the glory and the love of Jesus Christ, we have this desire to do what God has called us to do, desire to walk in the steps of Jesus, to be like him, to understand, and to do the right things. Yet also inside of us is our old human self. And they're at at an argument with each other, or a quarrel with each other, as the words that James uses. And he says, "Is is it not this, that your passions are at war within you? What James is trying to tell us is that inside of us we have desires and we have passions and we want to do these things and we want to do things that are going to make us happy and we want to do things that are going to make us excited and we want to do all of these things. But the question of it is, is are they good things? You know, after the breakfast that we had on Friday, I walked outside and right there was uh, a camera and uh, four students and they were taking videos of uh, comments to give to the, the, the class of Ritztown, all of the students of Ritztown High School. This is going to go on their video that they play on Monday morning. And this young lady comes up to me and she goes, would you like to say something to the student body of Ritztown? And I said, oh, I absolutely would. <laughs> and she goes, well, you know, this is, this is going to be played during school hours. I said, yes, I understand. 
And so I, I, the camera, she goes, okay, we're going to count down. She goes, do you need time to prepare? I said, nope, I'm a pastor. I'm always ready to preach. I'm always ready to pray, and I'm always ready to die. One of those three, right? And, and she looked at me. She's like, I don't understand that, but okay. So they turned on the cameras, and she said, okay, go. And I sat back, and I just said, listen, today you have a choice to choose what is good and choose what is not. Every morning you wake up, you have a chance to do what is right, or you have a choice to follow a desire, to follow something of your own. What choice are you going to make this morning? And, and as I got done, she goes, wow, that was really good. She goes, can you come back every day? And I said, absolutely I can. I'll have a, a positive moment with Pastor Jason every morning for you to show during the school. But, but really, honestly, the advice that I gave to the students is the same advice that I give to all of us. Inside of us, there is a quarrel going on. We know that we should do the right thing. We know when we should do the right thing. But sometimes we don't do the right things. Why? Because we're either falling into the desires of ourself, we're too lazy, we're too whatever it might be. We don't, get out of, we don't get out of our own self to do what God has called us to do. When your neighbor needs help and you're really tired, the right thing to do is still to forget about being tired and go help your neighbor. But oftentimes that quarrel that happens inside of us is like, I don't know how many hours I worked this, this week, I'm so tired, I just want to lay back, I just want to... Well, no, inside of us, we need to move forward. But James is talking more than just this. He goes on to say, You desire and do not have, so you murder, you covet, and, contain, and cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel, you do not have, because you do not ask. Now, James uses this word murder, and I think we have to understand here for a moment. James is not advocating that we go out and when we don't get what we want, we go to murder. James is really what he's saying in this moment in time is instead what our desires that are inside us. Where are our desires at? Are our desires based in the Lord or are our desires based in this earth? That's what he's asking. He's asking us, where are your desires and where are your passions founded at and where are they at? What are they built upon? Do you build upon your desires to do what is good for the Lord? Or do you desire to just live your life the way that you always want to live it and not worrying about the consequences of whatever you do? James is speaking to us and he's saying there has to be a difference. There has to be something. And all this whole entire book of James, what we've looked at is that he's saying your faith should make a difference in your life. If you have faith, then your actions and your words should align with your faith. He's not saying that your works are going to get you into heaven. That is, of course, not true, and we all know that. There's nothing that we can do to obtain those things. It is only by the grace of Jesus that we have salvation in him. But what he's saying is that when you have a relationship with Christ, when you have those and you have a faith, then your words, your actions, your deeds should be different. And so when we get to chapter 4, what he's saying is that not only should your words and your actions and your deeds be different, but so should your desires. You should not desire the same thing. And if you do, it's, you're going to be at quarrel with yourself, with the good desires that are inside of you. And so therefore, you have to decide which way you're going to go. When he says, you desire and do not have, so you murder, what he's actually saying is that you put to death. What I believe James is trying to speak to us is that he, we put to death the right choices we walk away from what we know we should do with Christ. 
and instead we choose a life that's outside of Christ when we choose to do these desires that are based in this world. You covet and cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. If you take a hard look today at the world around us, this is a lot of what's going on today. Around the world today, there's a lot of people that don't have, and so therefore they covet and they, they, they want to have it. Instead of being happy, see, God wants us to be pleased with what we have. He wants us to be comfortable with what we have. Does that mean that we don't have any desires? No, not at all. But what it means is that we have to, we have to learn to be satisfied. We have to learn to be okay with what we have with the Lord because if it causes, if our desires causes us to be at a quarrel with our brothers or our sisters, if our desires cause us to be at quarrel with our faith, most importantly, then we should not move forward with that. We've got to put an end to that. James goes on to start this portion of the verse. He says, you do not have because you do not ask. And then he goes on to say, you ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions. James is really trying to tell us that there really is a war that's going on within us. There's a war that's going on in each and every one of us and we desire and we want these things, but we don't ask the Lord. And But the things that we do ask him for are not always going to be used for what it is. Many verses in scripture will tell you, ask and you shall receive, knock and the door will be opened to you, all of those things. And I believe that to be true. God wants to open the doors for us and he wants us to be blessed. But sometimes when we think about it and if we would really do some heart, why do we pray for things that aren't going to be uplifting to the kingdom of God? The war that's waging inside of us is a war of selfishness many times. Many times we get to a place where we want something and where we desire it and we want it and so we pray for it and we ask the Lord for it but in reality what it is is it's nothing to do with our faith. It's just to answer a selfish desire that we have here on this earth. Not always. But often that is where we fall into this trap of praying for something that we should not be asking for. You know, I failed this past week. I want to tell you a real quick story. Um, I went uh, before last, of course, last Sunday was Mother's Day. I know it was a terrible Mother's Day weather-wise for all of you moms out there, so I'm sorry for that. But, uh, you know, last Sunday morning before church, I uh, had to go pick up the flowers that we gave out to all the moms. And so I stopped there and I thought, well, you know, it's really good to to provide the moms with maybe a a tasty treat, right? So I'm going to go to Dunkin' Donuts and get uh, some donuts. And so I pulled into the... A certain Dunkin' Donuts, I won't say which one, but a certain Dunkin' Donuts. Got out of my car, I walk in, there's a gentleman in front of me, he's receiving his order, he gets his order and he turns around and he walks away. I'm sitting there for 10 minutes, I'm waiting, and, and the ladies behind the counter are looking at me and they're just smiling and then they continue doing, doing what they were doing. And I'm like, can I put in an order? I want to I order some donuts, is that Okay. And this lady walks up to him and she goes, no, we've decided to close the counter. <laughs> and inside of me, I'm biting my tongue and I'm thinking, I've been waiting here for 10 minutes for you to tell me that you've decided to close the counter. And I said, well, you served the gentleman before me. I just want to buy a couple dozen donuts. It'll be really quickly. Can I just order this? And she said, no, sir, the counter is closed. Do you know what that means? 
I took a deep breath, and as a pastor, I was thinking in my mind, okay, Jason, you're a pastor, you're just going to go preach a Sunday, uh, 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 Mother's Day message about love, and you're going to share all this time, and you got to just take a breath and turn around and walk out. Well, I failed. <laughs> I just looked at the lady and I said, it would have been nice for you to tell me 10 minutes ago that this counter was closed. Now, 10 minutes later, I said, you, you, you could have shared that with me. And I said, I said this, is, this is probably some of the worst service I've ever received. And I said, I'll be sure not to be back here. And she said, well, that's probably a good thing. That's what she told me. So I turned around, I walked out, and what I do, I went to another Dunkin' Donuts. Now, listen, it's donuts. Is it really the end of the world, right? But the desire inside of me wanted to do everything I could to just lash out at this young lady behind the counter. Now, she must have had her reasons for closing the counter. I don't know what that is. But inside of me, there was a quarrel going on. And I should have known that this was God testing me because I'm going to preach this message today. But instead, I didn't. And I allowed my selfish desire to lash out and, and tell this young lady that she's the worst customer service person I've ever dealt with. And I'm not coming back to this store. It was bad service. It's not the end of the world. It's just donuts, right? I found another place to get donuts from and, and brought them to church and everything was okay. But the truth of the matter is that's just a small little example of the desire and the passions and the quarrel that goes on inside of us. We do have the righteous stance to stand up and stand up for ourselves, but we should always learn to do it in love. Jesus responded to everyone in love. It was amazing to me that when Jesus stood before and had people come against them, that he would, in turn, tell them things that were going on in their life, but he would do it in a very loving way. The quarrel that goes on inside of us is a quarrel that we all fight because there is this war going on inside of us, a war that we have to ask whether we are going to receive what Jesus has for us, what God has for us, or are we going to seek a desire for ourselves. This is a very interesting verse because it, in James, in one way, says that you do not ask, and so therefore you do not have. But then he also says you ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly. See, sometimes when we ask the Lord for something, the Lord knows what it's going to be used for, and so therefore it's better to bless, or to bless us. It is a blessing when God says no to certain prayer requests, and that's some, sometimes very difficult for us to understand. Because sometimes in our mindset, we want to ask the Lord for everything and we want this blessing because we think it's going to be better for our life and it's going to be better for everyone else. But in the reality, the Lord wants to do something totally different in our life. Or we're going to do something wrongly with the blessing that we're asking the Lord for. It's much like when you ask someone who is addicted to alcohol, for example, and you put a drink in front of them. It's very difficult for that person to make the right choice. They have a desire. They have a quarrel going on inside of them and it's fighting on each side of them and they know that they shouldn't drink this, but inside of them they want to. And so there's this quarrel going on. It's not just in, in addictions though. It's in everyday life. It's everything that we do. Our words, our actions, our deeds are all built upon this and it is a quarrel, a division. It's a fight inside of our mind that we have to deal with. And James is warning us He's telling us, you do not have because you do not ask. And when you do ask, (laughs) you use it wrongly. James is trying to get us to understand that there is a different way. There's something better. 
if we wouldn't just give in to the desires of our heart, if we shouldn't just give in to the desires of this world, but instead give in to Jesus, it would be better. So he goes on to say in verse 7, Submit yourself therefore to God, resist the devil, and flee, and he will flee from you. What James begins to tell us is that for us to ask these things, for us to be based not in the world, but to be based in God, means for us to do what? First of all, we're not submitting ourselves to the desires of our hearts. We're not submitting ourselves to the desires of this world. We're actually submitting ourselves to Jesus and the cross and what he's done. And so he's calling us, submit yourself to the cross. Submit yourself to me and allow me to help you. James goes on to say, resist the devil and he will flee from you. What James is telling us is that sometimes we have to understand that those desires that build up inside of us, that anger, that that point where we just want to lash out at someone and tell them that they're the worst uh, salesperson ever or the the worst customer service person, you're the worst donut shop ever. Do they really care that they're the worst donut shop ever? No. Is it really at the end of the day? No, it's not. It's donuts. Right? But inside of us, there is a thing, and we have to stop and we have to say, how can I share at this moment in time the love and the gospel of Jesus Christ. James again tells us, submit ourselves therefore to God, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands and you you sinners, purify your hearts, you double-minded. I told you that James holds nothing back. James is speaking to us and he's saying, not only to submit yourself, to make this mental action of saying, I'm going to let go of these things and I'm going to submit myself to God. But then he says, draw near to God. How do you draw near to God? Well, you do what God wants you to do. You, you begin to worship him. You begin to serve him. You begin to pray. You begin to read your scriptures. You begin to do all of these things. And when you do those things, he will draw near to you because we are drawing near to him. Cleanse your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. What James is telling us here is that not only do we submit ourselves to God, not only do we draw near to him, but then there's an action, an actionable process of cleansing our hands. And what he's talking about is not going and getting the, the, uh, the, the soap and washing your hands and doing these types of things. What he's really saying is that we need to cleanse ourselves by going before the Lord and saying, Lord, forgive me for I have sinned putting ourselves in the right place, putting ourselves in the right mindset so that when we are before him, our hands can be clean. He goes on to say, be wretched and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your gloom to joy. Thanks, James. You're really lifting me up this Sunday morning. I appreciate that. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will exalt you. See, there is a true answer to all of this. The way that we deal with the desires of this world, the way that we overcome these issues of this world is to humble ourselves before the Lord. The first shall be last and the last shall be first. Be a servant, not a leader. God calls us many, many times to do these things, to humble ourselves, to do what is right in the eyes of the Lord, to let go of these things that are inside of us, to let go of these desires that are inside of us. He's asking you, he's, he's, he's speaking to you, he's saying, let go of all of those things and just be true to me, be humble to me. Let me come in and work inside of you. 
you know, one of the things that I think we as Christians and, and I think that we as a church miss out so much on is that, uh, and we, uh, a few years ago, we had a service where we called it the, the lamenting, the lamentation service, and it was a wonderful service. I was reminded of, uh, I was kind of thinking through this, this week of this service, and, and you know, Scripture tells us, uh, Jesus is in, all, in his own words says, uh, um, blessed are, the, are those who mourn. And when he's saying that, he's not talking simply about those who have lost loved ones. What he's really talking about is mourning over our sin. He's talking about mourning over not your neighbor's sin. He's not talking about mourning over someone who's your enemy's sin. He's talking about mourning over your own sin. Jesus, uh, James, in, in this chapter, is telling us the same thing. He's, he's calling us wretched. He says, be wretched and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be torn, turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. Even though this isn't the most uplifting message, what James is really trying to tell us to do is that we have to get to a place where the sin inside of us causes us to be mournful. Our sin, really, the only way that we can overcome what's going on in this world, the only way that we can overcome our evil desires that are inside of us is to mourn it and let just understand that Jesus died on the cross for that. But we have to come to a place where we mourn it and we get to a place where it's so impactful to us that we lament over our sins. It's a wonderful book, the book in, uh, of Lamentations. Of, and, and as you go through that and you, and you uh, hear and you see the stories and what's really happening is people are coming to a place of just saying, listen, I have messed up. The world is full of wonderful messages of people saying, go, you can, do, you, you can do great things, and we can. We can do great things with Jesus. Jesus can lift us up, and he can help us do amazing things, and we can overcome amazing things in our life, but the reality of it is, is we're not going to be able to do any amazing things until we come to a place of understanding that we, and this world around us, is not in a good place. It doesn't take long if you watch the... Uh, current events that's going on around us, if you watch the news, if you watch, uh, you, <laughs> I, you read too much on social media, those types of things, you see everything that's going on today. And it's not good. The world around us is having difficulty, but we have the answer to that. We have the solution to that. The reason why James tells us to be humble, the reason why G- James tells us to come and mourn and weep is because no one else outside of this, outside of the understanding of who Jesus Christ is going to do that. Outside of a relationship with Jesus, the world tells you, do all that you can do for yourself. Be all that you can. Fight for everything that you deserve. It's yours. You deserve that. You need to be the best. You need to do all of these things. When Jesus tells us, no, really, honestly, it has nothing to do with us. Really, if we're truthful with ourselves, we're wretched. And if we would just mourn over our sins, he is the one who comes in and builds us up. But in order for us to be built up first, we have to come to the end of ourselves. Because ourselves are, we as general, in general, are selfish people. And so James is telling us to deal with this, to mourn, to weep, let your laughter be turned to mourning and, and your joy to gloom. Those, those again, are not fun things. But the, really, what James is telling us is the answer is to be humble. To resist the devil. To resist 
the, the, the attractions of this world and to look towards Jesus for everything that he has for us. The truth is, is that any desires that are outside of the love of Jesus, that are outside of his calling for our lives, and we have to deal with those things. Some of you today are probably sitting there thinking to yourself, but Pastor Jason, I'm a pretty good person. You know, I volunteer here, I do this, I do that, I go, I go these places, I go that places, and, and you know, I understand that. I really do. As a young man, when I first came to my faith, I was, <laughs> I went to a Baptist church, and in that Baptist church, I went to that Baptist church because I was dating a girl, and she said, you have to go to this church if we're going to date, and I'm like, okay, what church are we going to? And she said, we're going to a Southern Baptist church. I said, I've never been to one of those, but okay. And I remember every Sunday, the pastor leaning over. I'm not going to do this because my iPads are. He's leaning over and he's yelling and he's telling, you're going to go to hell unless you give your life to Christ and all these things. And I could feel my heart going. And then afterwards, I'd go have a conversation. I had a conversation with the youth pastor and I would tell the youth pastor, but Wayne, you don't understand I'm a good person. I don't do bad things. And I'll remember his answer that he gave to me, and he said, it has nothing to do with how good of a person you are, because even at your best, you're not good enough. Even at your best, there's still something inside of you that desires, that has a selfish tinge to it, that has something that you cannot answer, you cannot go forward and do what God has called us to do, and so therefore you need the grace of Jesus in your life. And so today, fast forward 30-some years. Yes, I'm old, 30-some years. But we fast forward (laughs) to the point that we're at today, and I realize even today, there's still things inside of me, there's still desires that bubble up inside of me where I say, I want to... I want this for my own self. I want to do something good. I want to do something fun. I want to just, don't want to have to worry about the weight of everything else. And I just want to go and do this. And then I realize that's when Jesus steps in and says, be humble and seek me first. It's not that wanting to do something for yourself is a bad thing, but it's anytime our desires come outside of that walk with Christ. Anytime our desires become more than what they would be with Jesus, they're wrong, and we need to deal with those things. James is asking us to be real with ourselves. You know, one of the things that I, I like to think about us as, as me and our church in general is that we're pretty real for having a bad day. You know, I used to say all the time, if you come to church and you're fighting with your husband or you're fighting with your wife, you're fighting with your kids and you're quarreling all this stuff, and as soon as you get to the parking lot, you open the door and someone says, good morning, you're like, it's just a blessed day. Never mind that you're just calling your husband every name in the book or you're yelling at your wife or you're yelling at your kids. See, in reality, church is called to be, we're we're called to be real. And it's okay to come in and say, listen, I'm having a bad day. I need you to pray for me. I need you to help me. I need you to just, you know, my wife and I, you know, having an argument today. I was arguing with the kids. I was arguing over the dog. I was doing whatever it is. It's okay to be that way. Because when we're real with ourselves, then we can deal with the issues that are at hand. 
See, the problem with this is, is that not only does this happen in relationships with others, but it often happens in our own relationship where we become, we become not truthful with ourselves. We begin to look at our life and say, I'm a good person, but then we don't realize all of the things that we're doing. We become numb to the very actions that are causing us not to be in that place. And so James is asking you and I, let's be humble, let's be real, and let's deal with the issues that are in our life today. He goes on to say, come now, you who say today or tomorrow we will go into such and such a town and spend a year there and trade and make profits. Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. Instead you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. So whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it for him, it is sin. See, the problem with this and what James is telling us and the problem that I think we have in general is that too often we wait to do and handle the things that we need to handle right now. Nothing is promised. No day is ever promised to us. I remember thinking way back when the songs that Corey sang for worship were just coming out. I remember thinking, oh, I have, the, you know, I have all these years of my life. And I, and I did. But I also remember back to my best friend that day. I, I remember vividly in my mind having a conversation. I've shared this testimony before, and I'm just going to briefly bring it up. But I had, uh, uh, in high school, I had a friend, a good friend, and we were sitting in, in uh, current events class, and we were talking, and he looks over at me, and he says, you go to church, right? And I said, yeah, I do. And he goes, what's that all about? And I shared a little bit with him, not a ton, but a little bit about that. And, and I said, well, we can talk later. I'm going to come to your baseball game later today. So we'll talk after the baseball game. And, and so we shared a little bit. Well, I went to the baseball game to watch him and a few of my other friends. And right there on that baseball field in Ritzon, he died. He had a brain aneurysm on the, on the, football, or on the baseball field and fell flat. And I'll never forget. I'll never forget and that really caused me to deal with issues and, and say, you can't put off till tomorrow what you have to deal with today. Tomorrow is not guaranteed for any of us. And so if you are walking around and you're not humble and you have all of these things and you're wretched and you're all these things that James just told us to do, may I encourage you today not to wait. Deal with them right now. If you have a problem in your relationship, deal with it right now. If you have a problem in your relationship with Christ, deal with it right now. Don't wait. Don't boast about tomorrow. Don't wait until tomorrow to finish this. Don't wait until tomorrow to answer all of these questions. Do it now. Take advantage of what it is because we're not promised tomorrow. We live in the present. Oftentimes we like to live in the past and say, remember all of the wonderful things that, used, that happened at one point. Remember this and all of that that happened and all of that, that's wonderful. Or we dream of the future and there's nothing wrong with dreaming of the future. But if we reside in the future and we don't live in the present, what we do is when we're dreaming so much about the future, we miss what's going on today. James is encouraging us to say don't live in the past or only dream about the future, but live in the present today. Deal with it. Be real with yourself. 
Today is the day to deal with the issues that you may or may not have. It's time to stop treating the symptoms and take care of the core issues of our life. See, a lot of times we like to just deal with the symptoms of things and not really deal with the true issue. May I encourage you today, in the words of James, be humble. Look upon yourself and be real with yourself. And ask that question, is there something inside of my heart that I need to deal with today? And then go out and deal with it. Don't wait till tomorrow. Because tomorrow is not ever promised to us. James brings this all to a close. Boasting about tomorrow is great. I love to dream. I love to think about what's going to happen. I love to vision and, and have vision to see all of these things. But what we have to understand is those visions and those dreams are all wonderful. But today, we can make a difference. Today, when we walk into a grocery store and we see someone who's visibly upset, why not share the gospel with that person? Why not reach out to them and say, hey, can I pray for you? When you're in a restaurant and you're looking around and uh, there's a couple, just uh, recently I did this, it was so funny, I walked into a restaurant and, and I was meeting someone and we we're having a meeting and we we're uh, just about finished eating and I heard you know, behind me, I was trying not to pay attention to their conversation, but there was clearly a husband and wife or girlfriend and, and boyfriend, I don't know what their relationship was, but they were fighting and they were fighting something fierce, let me tell you. She was not happy with whatever that young man did and she was letting him know in the middle of the restaurant. And so after we got done eating, I stood up and I walked over to the table and I said, excuse me, I don't, I don't mean to uh, interrupt. I just want to let you know that I just want to bless you guys today. So I'm going to pick up your, your bill. And I was thinking that, you know, she'd go, oh, thank you so much. She looks over at this guy and she goes, see, at least he's nice. And I'm like, oh, I just caused some more, some more trouble there. But I politely said, hey, if you need anything, you know, here's my business card. But God bless you guys. Have a wonderful day. I hope, hope you guys work out whatever's going on here. And I picked up their bill and went. And he later sought me out in the parking lot and, and uh, apologized, but also thanked me for, for buying their lunch. But the truth of the matter is we can make a huge difference if we live in the today. If we deal with our own issues. See, James, I think, I, let me rephrase it. James, I know, comes to this place about boasting about tomorrow after we deal with our sin. James is encouraging all of us to deal with our sin, to deal with who we are, to deal with these things so that then we can go forward and live in the present and not miss out blessing and helping others. I'm going to ask the worship team to come. Will you stand with me, please? May I ask you today just to spend a moment of time being truthful with yourself. Spending just a second here as we sing this worship song to ask yourself, Lord, is there anywhere in my heart, is there anything that resides inside of me that I have to humble myself 
and seek you. I guarantee there is something. There is something in all of us. But we have to be humble enough to do that. We have to be ready to do that. And so I want to ask you, as we sing this worship song, will you just take a moment, take a second to seek before the Lord and say, Lord, I want to lament over my sins. I want to, I want to deal with the things that are inside my heart that are not lining up with you. Because I want to be prepared today to do the, 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 the outreach. I want to be prepared today to, to reach out and love to the people around me. I want to be prepared today to share the gospel of Jesus with those around me. It's hard to share the gospel when the gospel hasn't made a difference in you. It's hard for others to see the gospel and the difference that you can make in them when they can't see or they can't they can't see the forest through the trees, right? Or the trees through the forest, I forget, whatever. It's hard to see the gospel love in someone else when you're responding out of anger or out of your own personal desires. It's hard to do those things until we come to a place. See, I believe we as, and I, when I say the church, I don't mean just us locally here. I mean the big C church. I, I believe we as a church have a job to do in this world, but we have to be the ones that show the world outside of us that we can be humble and that we're, we're okay with dealing with our own issues so that we can help others too. Let's not put off till tomorrow what we should do right now at this moment. In a moment, I'm going to pray, but I'm going to ask you just simply this. If you've never given your life to Jesus Christ, if you're here in this room or you're watching online, if you've never given your life to Christ, may today be that day. May today be the day when you ask him to come into your heart, to seek him, to be with him. God wants to be with you. He wants to be with us, all of us in this room. We need to seek him. Will you pray with me, please? Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the wise words that James gives to us. And as difficult sometimes as they are to hear, Father, we know that they are useful and uplifting to our hearts and will cause us to grow in our relationship with you. And so, Father, today at this very place, I want to ask that you would seek us. That you would help us to be real with ourselves and just in this quiet moment with the piano playing in the background, will you help us to deal with our own self? Are there things that we are wretched? Are there things that we have done that we should not have done? Are there things in our heart that we need to deal with? Father, help us today. Show us those places. Mold us, guide us, and direct us, Father. Just as we take these moments, Father, help us to be real with you and to be real with ourselves. Asking you for forgiveness. For those that have never given their life to Christ before, Romans chapter 10 says that if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and we believe in our hearts, can have a relationship with him. I ask you to make that choice today. 
for us that are here today and that have already made that choice, may we just take this ask the Lord again to forgive us. To help us to seek the present and not the future or the past, but to help us to see today how we can make a difference in the world around us. To help to seek how we can not boast about tomorrow or boast about yesterday, but be present in the present. To see that we have action to do today. That we must move forward. Father, help us in this moment. Help us personally, individually deal with our own issues at hand, our own sins that we have in our hearts, Father. Again, Lord, we thank you for James in this book. We thank you for his letter and how it guides us and directs us. And we just ask you that you continue to let it work in us even as we go forth from this place today. We love you, Lord. We glorify you. We honor you and we praise you now in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's worship together.
Father, how we do need you. You are our one defense. When I cannot stand, I will rest on you, Father. You are the one that we can always turn to. So, Lord, we ask you today as we prepare to depart from this place that you would just help us, that you would guide us, that you would strengthen us, that you would send us forth to do your will. That you would help us, Father, to be right with you. To share the love that you have for us and for others with those around us. Help us today, Lord, to do your will. To be directed by you and to be guided by you. We'll give you the glory, we'll give you the honor, and we'll give you the praise. Because you deserve that and so much more. We thank you, Lord, for all these things. In Jesus' most precious and holy name we pray. Amen and amen. Just a word of, uh, uh, I guess, organization a little bit here. We are going to be, uh, for those that didn't know, we are, and for those that aren't staying around, you're dismissed. Have a great time. For those that are staying here uh, to help us with uh, the workday, let's, uh, we had, um, we'll be meeting over at the lodge. That's where we're going to have lunch, and then we'll break up into about three or four different groups, and we'll give you directions on where to go from there. So if you just want to, uh, you know, when you depart here, just go out to the lodge and be there. God bless you all. Hope you have a wonderful week. Hope to see you again next week. God bless. We'll see you.